0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So
1: glad you're here. Let's get started.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. And we are trekking through the Old Testament looking at some of my favorite books, First and Second Samuel. Looking at, really, um, the tragedy and triumph within the kingdom of God as you look at three really primary roles. Samuel, Saul, and then David. Today, we're going to yeah. look at, if you notice how the scripture reading breaks down, we're going to ask you to read more than one chapter sometimes. So today is yeah. on 1 Samuel 3 and 4.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: And Bobby's going to start us off looking at 1 Samuel 3.
1: Yeah. That's kind of more of what stuck out to me, I guess, yeah. um, today. So the what's happening here in chapter 3 is Samuel is now under the care, I guess, of Eli. And th- so... You know they're making meals together he's learning he's studying under him yeah and um so that means they're together at night as well in their' sleeping quarters and uh there's a couple different things that stuck out to me and i'm going to go ahead and pick up maybe around verse four and we'll read a little bit and we'll talk about it. Then the Lord called Samuel Samuel answered, "Here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am, you called me." But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So Mm -hmm. he went to lie down. And again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. (laughs) My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Mm -hmm. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other time Samuel Samuel and Samuel said speak for your servant is listening so that ended in verse 10 and what kind of stuck out to me here is a couple twofold I just praise God for the obedience of Samuel like he continued to seek out what was going on from Eli like he doesn't know what's going on for sure and he's like okay Eli I'm here I'm listening like it's like wow you're listening and it's the middle of the night and you don't even know who's calling you. Like, thank you God for the obedience of Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like I'm looking directly at my kid, eye to eye, saying their name five different times. And they're still like, not even realizing that I'm in front of them. And I'm just like, hey, remember me? It's your mom, I'm yeah. here. Can you, will you just take your plate over to the sink? <laughs> it's for so, sure. um, that just made me chuckle a little bit as we were reading this. But uh, so in verse one, you're realizing actually verse two, you're realizing, nope, verse one, that the, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there had not been very many visions. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we read again too, that the Lord had not revealed himself yet to Samuel. And so, Samuel's relationship with Eli actually becomes super important onto his relationship with God. And yeah. so we have these people in our lives, and I'm going to use the term, um, Clark and I actually back in college had heard this or or maybe studied this and realized yeah. that Eli was being a hearing aid yeah. for Samuel. Yeah, Literally, he was helping him discern and figure out, and I mean... God was gracious with Eli because it took three times for him to figure it out here. <laughs> but yeah. Eli, nonetheless, was helping Samuel realize, oh, you're not just like getting up because, you know, you're hot or irritated or ir- whatever. Like you're getting up because you're hearing something, number one. And, and you know what? It's been a while. But Yahweh speaks yeah. when we sleep. In the watches of the night, Yahweh mm. gives us dreams and visions, like go and respond next yeah. time. And so I I just think about that and I pray in my kids' lives that they will have folks that are hearing aids for the Lord, yeah. that yeah, Clark and I can be conduits of that, but that they'll have friends, mentors, teachers, um, spouses, eventually that will be hearing aids yeah. for them to be able to hear the Lord. And so... Um, yeah, I just want to pause there and say, Lord, would you bless our family? Would you bless our congregation? Would you bless our listeners with hearing aids to help yeah. you hear, um, to help hear you better? Another thing that stuck out from that is you've heard Clark probably talk before about breath prayers mm. um, and how literally sometimes when you're reading, you know, whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, gospel, wherever, um, there's something that will stick out and it'll be maybe one verse long or a couple verses. And you can turn that into just a simple way as you're walking throughout your day, that as you inhale, you say part of it. And as you exhale, you say part of it. And so easily we could turn in, um, that verse 10. Yes. Then Samuel said, inhale, speak Lord, exhale for your servant is listening. And what a beautiful prayer all day long. Speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. (sighs) Exhale. And just that like simple act of obedience. Pray
0: that prayer thousands of times a day and just reorient yourself, reorient yourself, reorient yourself to the presence of God. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what stuck out to me from chapter three.
0: I love it. Yeah, well
1: you were you were mostly in chapter 4.
0: Everybody needs a breath of prayer. Yeah, I like <laughs> chapter 4 and this is actually it's kind of fun because I'm I'm preparing a sermon with some other folks on this chapter for Mother's Day. And yeah. what's fascinating about it is up to this point, you see God's people had had pretty incredible encounters against opposition, but also with God. In Exodus, we read about how they created the ark, and then the the, the ark really represents the presence of God. So, like God's with right. them, and the ark is supposed to be His footstool in the tabernacle. So, when they go around hmm. Jericho, when they cross the Jordan River. It's not like it's just they're carrying around some trinkets, but God is with them. Mm
1: -hmm, So mm -hmm.
0: enter this story in chapter four. They're fighting the Philistines and they lose. The Israelites lose.
1: Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because remember
0: at this time, everyone was doing what they thought was right in their own eyes the end of the judges Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. period. And so if you look at verse three and pay really careful attention, um, it says this. When the soldiers then returned to camp after losing. The elders of Israel ask, why did the Lord bring defeat upon us today before the Philistines? Mm -hmm. Let us bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from it, from Shiloh, so that it may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. (laughs) So, you notice, they're not saying, God, would you go with us and would you save us from our enemies? They're Mm -hmm. saying, go get the box. Go get the ark. Go get the thing because the thing is going to save us from our enemies as if it's some kind of lucky charm or trinket or whatever. Right. And God's just like, nope, not having it. That's not how this works. Mm -hmm. I want a relationship with you. And if we're not in a relationship, then you're going to lose is essentially what's Mm -hmm. happening here. And so I I think about translating this to us today. Yeah. Like what are ways that we make God try to be our lucky charm? We try to make him totally be our trinket. And some of the things we thought about were just the understanding of like, I prayed the prayer. I've always prayed, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got it memorized. And then pretty soon though, the heart is removed from the prayer and it's just reciting Mm -hmm. because you always Mm -hmm. done this. You always pray this before every meal, before every bedtime. And, um, the heart's not involved. It's not meaningful. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. If you have a prayer, you pray often. It is not helpful though, when your heart checks out and it's just a reciting of something that you've memorized.
1: Right. Just kind of the motions, going yeah. through the
0: motions. Yeah. Going
1: to church. Yeah. I go
0: to church because I've always gone to church because my parents, my grandparents went to church and that's just what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where it's like, Hey, where's your heart? Is our heart involved here? Because that's what God desires. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, God wants you to worship, but God... That it brings them a whole lot of joy of people sitting in church thinking about their fantasy football team, the weather or dinner and not focusing on him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes there we, we do think there's like this entitlement of going, well, I prayed right. my prayer.
1: I did this. I read the yep.
0: scripture. Check. I've gone to church. So therefore, God, you owe me.
1: Mm-hmm. And here we see mm-hmm. it the Israelites.
0: God's like, no, I don't. Right. You have, <laughs> yeah. You're not participating in this relationship with me at all. So one of the things I've been asking myself and talking to you about here is what yeah. ways do we make God our lucky charm? What ways do we make God our trinket? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's fascinating, as you read chapter four into chapters five and six, is that there are times where there's communication between the Philistines and even the Philistines in Israel. And what happens is they go back to Exodus and go, do you remember <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened to the Egyptians? Like, this is happening to us now. But the Israelites never go back and quote, it's always the Philistines. The enemy is the one going, oh no, this is this God did this Mm -hmm. to Pharaoh. This God did this to Egypt. Oh no. And never once does it say God's people called upon the Lord, you know, and said, (laughs) I remember what you did and, you know, let's do this again. We believe in you. You're with us. You're for us. It's not until chapter 7 do they actually repent and turn, Mm. which we'll talk about that in a couple of days. But how do I make God a trinket or a lucky charm? How do I try to mold him into my image and get him to do. What I want to do, my agenda, instead of me saying, "God, where are you at? How do you want me to speak? How do you want yeah. me to pray? How do you want us to live?" Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's it. They want the ark <laughs> to save them, and it did not work.
1: Oh, so first Samuel, stuff. yeah,
0: three and four. I think you that's all guys,
1: I so glad to be in the Samuels with you. Thanks yeah. so much for listening and uh, following along. We will catch you on Wednesday. Catch you. Yeah. God bless you guys. Bye bye. The Lord bless you and keep you his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day!